Lost Night Gun, Podcast from the Shadows, but doing the damn thing, WWE. Go home, show Stomping Grounds, Ontario, California is where SmackDown Live emanated from last night. Awesome. Great show. Great week in WWE. I'm just calling it now. The overall consensus is that it was a great week. Um, I, like I said, I enjoyed the shows a couple of times. And, um, yeah, I don't have a bunch of select services for you to listen to or anything like that. But I will say that a lot of the more so respected figures in the wrestling community have done their best to advocate for uh, WWE in a non-apologist manner uh, for the better part of the week in general. So, uh, shouts to those guys. And, um, yeah, they're part of the reason why we give you the podcast each and every week. Either way, Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, Still Cage, Stomping Grounds, this Sunday, WWE Network, streaming live. Let's get it. Uh, New Day comes out. Opens up the show, you know, feels good to see all three of them back together to get back in the ring, try to give us a little bit of a fresher product, or, you know, this is this is their goal, this is their intention, I respect it, and, uh, gosh, Big E, uh, you know, pretty much wants to get, give the, what did he say, the second, the, the last hour of SmackDown, third hour of SmackDown, something like that, but something about a freaky hour, and thank goodness Dolph Ziggler came out to uh, cut that shit. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. LOL. But, uh, and I mean, it was funny, but good lord. You know, just some uh, comical, almost over-the-top stuff. You know, it's it's such an easy way to, to, be, to be a little more, just to be a little edgy, you know. It's a good addition to the product. And it just goes to show how much uh, we all missed Big E because then you can just obviously, you know, slip some lines in, whether it be about Charlotte or, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever other type of jokes. And it's just like, all right. But they got to be good. And Biggie is luckily one of the guys that actually does it really, really well. So here's to continual excellent writing. Uh, like I said, Dom Ziggler comes out. He talks it should have been me talk before the steel cage match at Stomping Grounds on Sunday. Um, you know, full actor mode, very dramatic. He, he's good at what he does. I know that. And he's one of the best uh, in-ring technicians we saw. So him and Woods had the match coming up. They opened the show with it. A great opening match. Shouts to Woods. I'm I'm glad to see Woods get in there and be uh, high, having some, you know, athleticism highlighted in the way it was. Know a lot of these guys have an actual wrestling background. Dolph Ziggler, Kent State Hall of Famer. You know, Woods is going in there with one of the greats, and he kept up and held his own for the most part. But outside of him being a Hall of Famer, he does have an accolade that Woods, unfortunately, kinda has, but doesn't, can't quite say in the record books he has, even though, you know, Freebird rule is totally a thing. Uh, Dolph Ziggler is a dub, former WWE uh, World Heavyweight Champion. What is it? Maybe two-time, I believe. Two, three-time. I don't want to talk down on his numbers or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he he definitely was able to uh, outmaneuver Woods after a while. Great Mac technique. Just just 
it was just good stuff. Both of these guys looked like great generals in there. They had a great match, awesome match. Couple spots where, you know, Woods hit his honor roll, had a good drop kick outside. Dolph sold the little head bump off the table. Woods, you know, fell out the ring. It was just, you know, a good physical bout with the, you know, the Mac technician or the Mac technique. That it, it was at a at a good level, so it's a fun opening match for the show. I enjoyed it. Uh, Dolph Ziggler picked up the win uh, before stomping grounds on Sunday, so you know, knowing uh, him and Kofi, you know, lock in inside of a steel cage and only can focus on each other. You know, like Kofi said during the promo. Well, Kofi thinks that he could just. He, well, he knows he ain't gonna be a cakewalk, but it's definitely an accepted challenge. So uh, who's going to take it? We don't know. Everyone has their predictions on how things could look, you know, as far as the close of that match goes. But it remains to be seen. You do not want to count anybody out. So um, it was, like I said, all in all, good match, great opening segment. And um, I liked it. Let's move on into the next one. See Bailey walking uh, backstage. And admiring uh, photos of herself just basking in uh, being the SmackDown Women's Champion. Always good. She's in street clothes. You know, barely wearing uh, ripped jeans. LOL. But, uh, you know, it was it was good. It, hey, I'm going to call it now. It's good to see a little bit of this edgy Bailey because it's still like she's so not like that. You know, but, well, I mean... You know, just like with the the bad guy heel esque nature that you know everyone really wants to see out of her. I'm just gonna call it no real comparison, but we have to go with it. Like uh, Becky uh, turning on Charlotte last year at I believe SummerSlam. It, look, man, it was one of those things where everybody went crazy. We got a little bit of that same energy here with Becky and Ale- not, excuse me, with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. So. Um, it, we could we could see something good. The this is your life segment from what last year, two years ago was. Uh, I I thought it was funny only because it was like yo they're really pulling something like this on television. It wasn't very well received, and I think that uh, I, it wasn't received in the right way, you know. But it it, it doesn't matter. We move forward, and Alexa Bliss has gotten the win on Bailey a number of times. You know, that kendo stick on the pole match was no joke, and it's something that a lot of us in the WWE Universe, you know, can't forget. I remember that hit that Bailey took to the head with the kendo stick. You know, it was it was something else, you know. So now, Bailey a little bit more edgy, a little bit more attitude. Uh, moment of Bliss segment. So Bliss out there with uh, Nikki Cross, and, you know, they're, uh, they invite Bailey out, and, Bailey got the coffee, and, you know, Alexa's like, that's her shtick, and they literally just have a war of words. They hearken back to the NXT rivalry days, and, you know, it was very, very good, and, you know, Alexa was, you know, oh, Bailey are not as nice as as you want to portray yourself to be. I mean... I could tell that somebody waiting on the line at the supermarket does show a cordial respect. And some people are better at showing 
that cordial respect than others, but they're not always that happy-go-lucky and effervescent. I mean, that's just, you know, looking at it from more of a personal space. It still does make sense. It is a fair argument that Bliss has, and they gave this story, like, it, it was enough catty nature, you know, to just really give it that good girl fight feel like we wanted to we all want to see it i'm more excited about seeing the match now i was excited about it just to see if bailey was uh you know gonna well just to see if bailey's gonna come with more of uh you know a little bit more of that that mean streak that killer instinct that everyone was uh trying to pull out of her from you know the kendo stick on a pole match all those many years ago i think uh maybe it was last year i don't remember but um yeah, a really good segment. Line that pushed Bailey over the edge was um, about uh, yeah, you're just mad because my career is everything that you wanted it to be, and Alexa Bliss has won some very surprising championships. So, I mean, hey, you can't argue with it, but. This is Bailey's opportunity for redemption. Bailey picks up a win here. She looks like a strong SmackDown Women's Champion. A nice Alexa Bliss shout out to Charlotte. You know, I'm just seeing all types of women's tag teams that can form up. We haven't seen Charlotte on TV in a little while. I would almost even say it's the first time we haven't seen Becky for a while. But uh, Alexa shouting out Charlotte was really, really good. Maybe we might be able to get like a another uh, what Vince McMahon triplets now, but maybe we'll get a team between those two. I don't know. I'm not saying that's what I want to see. You know, I'm just saying if it were to take place, I wouldn't be upset depending on the direction that things uh, went with it. Um, but all in all, like I said, said the whole. A lot about the career trajectory and how Bailey really wanted the uh, career that Bliss had. This knocked Bailey over the edge. For um, brawl ensues on the stage, and uh, Nikki Cross jumps in, tries to pull Bailey up, but then literally jumps in for fight. So as Bailey and uh, Nikki Cross are going at it, Alexa Bliss comes through with one of those patented right hand forearms. And she's really good at throwing those. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, they well, she walked out on top. So that brawl was something crazy. And Bailey and Street Clothes, it was, you know, all good stuff in, in every direction. You know, like, uh, even though she did uh, get outnumbered, uh, Bailey looked like a total badass. <laughs> But no, no, jokes aside, and that was my only one for this podcast tonight. But, um, yeah, uh, Bacon Biscuits was the joke I used last night thinking about it because it was good heat, and it was, uh, it just, uh, it, it was it was good stuff. Shouts to Mickey James. Hope she gets well from her injury soon. So, I like the segment, and I believe we might be able to get a Bailey versus Nikki Cross match out of this leading in, well, afterward, if the uh, rivalry were to continue, maybe this segues into another one, well, another women's championship defense, like, uh, now it's Nikki Cross, would there be signs of dissension between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, could she play jealous, you know, and not really, well, and can't show it, because everyone knows that Alexa is in storyline, 
uh, just trying to use Nikki to get to a certain point, you know, and maybe she's trying to use Nikki to uh, get the championship on Sunday. I don't know, but this is what we com- what we call compelling storyline. So I liked it. Very fun segment. And uh, let's roll on into the next one. B team, B team, go, go, go. And we've got no choice but to try to use whatever element of the SmackDown Tag Team division we can to make the SmackDown Tag Team champions look important. And, I mean, ultimately to remind us that we've got some good competition over in the SmackDown, well, over on the SmackDown brand. AOP was seen backstage briefly with the Iconics, and uh, they seemed to like them, so... I mean, they just walked off. Good attitudes. I respect it. And, um, hey, we just... Uh, if Does that mean they're on SmackDown? Was that a wild card thing? We don't know. It remains to be seen. But the B-team did take on uh, Heavy Machinery, uh, Wild Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the Planets Tag Team Champions with ringside. Daniel Bryan on commentary telling... All of us in the WWE universe, the Heavy Machinery actually isn't a jokey team. They just joke too much. So uh, if they were more serious, then they might be able to actually uh, garner more of a, a serious reception. I uh, I mean, they're number one contenders for the tag team championships now. They're also the Yolo County tag team champions. So, uh, you know, that's something to take serious. My man, Tucky was on the microphone, and uh, he, he sounded good. He's a little, uh, was he on the microphone? Pardon me. The, the, I, I know the, back, the backstage interview after the fact, I believe they were outside with uh, Queen Kathy Kelly. Shouts to Catherine. But, um, and they had a good, good, good interview backstage, or just outside of how it worked. It was good stuff, though, good stuff. I know I was uh, fairly critical on um, Tucker, I just wanted to see what he was capable of, but I could see more of his uh, just natural energy starting the show. You could uh, feel that he's out there and he's, <clears throat> excuse me, putting on, uh, well, putting he's putting in 100%, and that's something that I definitely ask for out of my superstars, and I appreciate that, uh, you know, he's... He's taking what he's getting in stride, and you know it's not—it's not looking bad. They already have a, a great-looking offense, and they play off of each other well. Like I'm just seeing the the, the dynamic between the two uh, more so. So I'm definitely excited for uh, the tag team championship match between Heavy Machinery and the Planet's Tag Team Champions this Sunday at Stomping Ground. Uh, B Team had to take the loss there. It is what it is. Uh, maybe it's time for a character repackage with that. I don't know. I think that the merch idea was great with just the B on the shirt and then the B stands for best. But if you're going to be the best team, you got to do best team things. Maybe they should uh, sit underneath the Revival's learning tree. But uh, that's just me throwing rice at the wall. Like I said, though, it was a really good matchup. I enjoyed it. Compactor after the uh, Caterpillar. It's funny stuff. Byron Saxon is definitely uh, becoming a synonymous name with calling that out, you know, when the caterpillar is happening. So we might, you know, it's it's just good. It's good stuff. I'm not mad at it. So, um, yeah, good match. 
you know, good segment, good build towards Sunday, and we'll see how uh, see how that match turns out at Stomping Ground. The best in the world, Shane O'Mac. Uh, he's in the ring. Bring well, he comes out with Elias, brings out Drew McIntyre to his own music. You know, the Drifter has his own music, but doesn't necessarily decide to. It. You know why? Because he's his own music. He's walking, talking, breathing music. So he, uh, you know, he's just out there. But not just say he's just randomly out there. He's with the best in the world, Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon. So you know, I think it's good to see Shane O with his own little posse, his own little you know clique of protection and such like that. You know, these are top superstars and. You know, jokes aside, they're definitely top talents in the company. It's clear that they've seen in what excuse me, it's clear that they are seen in that fashion. So, um, they come out, Shano talking some talk. He wasn't really uh trying to big up himself because the matchup is about Drew and Roman on Sunday. So, we out here for Drew, he say. And uh, this brings out the Miz, uh, Miz. Goes back to a couple replay packages. Even shows it in slow motion with uh, Shane taking the Superman punch and spear. Excuse me. And also uh, running away from Roman Reigns. Just pissing him off. It was just really good stuff. You know, we run back to the old days when Shane O'Mac and Miz were being the best tag team in the world at the time. Forming it. And... Um, you know, Miz really went hard. I was one that recognized the the organic nature of the, the potential tag team, which did lead to, what, was it a two-time tag team championship run or one time? Either way, it was a respectable tag run. And, um, you know, the, the Miz feels like he was the one that is, you know, the reason behind Shane O'Mac taking up so much TV time and all the rest of this. So what did he get for his troubles? He ended up in a tag team match uh, with our truth of all people uh, running away with the uh, running around with the 24-7 championship. Apparently he was underneath the ring and I guess he heard wind of a match about to take place and uh, he said he didn't want to be around for that. But uh, they they saw him. Uh, Drew's that you? And uh, that leads into a tag team match between Drew McIntyre and Elias taking on, apparently, the awesome truth. A tag team of old. And, uh, hey, why not, right? It, it's comical in its own right. And it's a... Uh, we might we might be able to see that again. Didn't see too much tandem offense from the two, but did see them uh, work together really well against Drew and uh, Elias for a somewhat time. They end up uh, pinning our truth rather quickly because oh, and yes, out of nowhere. But this is because you know Shane O'Mac can do these things. Turns it into a, a tag team elimination match. So our truth gets eliminated first, and this leaves the Miz to be in the ring with Drew and Elias. Uh, Miz held his own for a better, well, a fair part of the match, but clearly the numbers game got to him. Claymore's drift away, and there you go. You know, so uh, Miz did look alright, you know, but ultimately Shane O'Mac's faction was able to pick up the victory. So, hey, uh, 
good stuff, you know, Miz, Miz always good on the microphone, you know, carries himself exactly the way a WWE superstar would, definitely spoke for the internet, and with how Shane has been, and this is his quote, and so I guess, but or me paraphrasing, but I guess it's like dominating uh, the TV time and taking the opportunities away. I think that's what the main idea was, so, or from taking opportunities away from other superstars and, you know, just throwing the weight around. And, uh, I mean, hey, I wasn't mad when Baron Corbin was doing it. I thought it was a little funny. He was more so doing it just for title opportunities and such like that and just trying to beat up on people he didn't like. And, uh, you know, Shane's doing it to big up his guys. He hasn't really went hard for any championship opportunities. But, I mean, Drew McIntyre is going in there against the big dog. It's top spot in itself. Oh no, good segment, good match, good lead up to the fight. Excellent stuff. I liked it. Kofi Kingston, Sami Zayn. Well, excuse me, Kofi Kingston and uh, Seth Rollins, our champions right now, uh, took on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a tag team match. Two out of three falls, says Shano, because uh, Kevin and Sami earlier on in the show were outside. Talking about how these guys basically running rampant, had their reason, and you know, tried to complain to Shane. Shane said, Well, if you don't like it, well, now you gotta have a match with him. Two out of three falls. So we get into that right out the gate. Trouble in Paradise kicked straight to Sami Zayn, and uh, it's exactly what Kofi said was gonna happen, you know, if they were to cross paths, and that's what took place. The rest of the match was a good matchup uh, during the commercial break. Apparently, these guys were trying to. Uh, walk out, but they got pushed back to the ring to finish up the match. And um, Kevin Owens, great, you know, great talking, just funny, comical stuff. Uh, the the best, uh, best in the world. And then he called him and uh, him and Sammy the best friends in the world. That was really good. <laughs> it made me uh, made me chuckle to myself just with uh, you know, just. Just just good heel stuff, heel material from uh, KO. And, you know, it was good. So these guys did pick up the victory. KO uh, took a stomp from Seth Rollins. So that put uh, these guys in the driver's seat with the momentum leading in the stomping grounds. And, uh, yeah, this was SmackDown. I enjoyed the show all in all. Like I said, it, it definitely flew by. I had some fun backstage segments. Uh, Andrade and Apollo, uh, one, it was one that stuck out to me, kind of, uh, we're looking at the future face of Latin America when the Fox deal does happen later on this year. We're looking at one of the most athletic talents we have in WWE's mid-card right now, being Apollo Crews. That makes for an awesome match i don't know you know him and Zelina vega backstage Zelina vega think apollo flirting around nah we know that apollo and Zelina last week on smackdown had a little bit of uh words because apollo was uh trying to take on andrade but oh no apollo was trying to take on finn and it feels andrade messed up his opportunity so this is actually a, a fairly and respectably well, respectively, or respect, whatever. I like the build on the story. Pardon me, it's still a little early. But um, I like it. 
I, I think that this the match that they're gonna have is gonna be something cool. No Intercontinental Champion on TV. Where's Finn? Is he okay? You know, I hope Finn is. I'd always get a little worried when Finn gets injured, but uh, I hope he's good. He's, you know, been. I wasn't really the highest on Finn uh, when he made his debut, but throughout the years and just recognizing just his long standing with the company at this point, it's like you know. It's all right that he has in the Continental Championship. And after that performance at Money in the Bank, my goodness. So, um, hope he's okay. Uh, that was SmackDown Live. Like I said, there's a couple other backstage segments. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Seth Rollins beat up on the B-team. Baron Corbin had a whole line of people outside of his office. You know, B-team was in the ring after the fact, after they took the loss to uh, Heavy Machinery. And comes Seth beat him up with a steel chair. It was good to see the Beast Slayer on SmackDown Live. That was fun. Paul Heyman was looming after the main event match, of course, just to let it be known that anytime, anytime Brock Lesnar could indeed cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase for any one of the championships. So, uh, Barry Corbin was not seen on TV, but he did have his own office, which says uh, well, maybe his own dressing room or whatever, which says he still is uh, a bit uh, respected backstage from the higher ups. Maybe, you know, it maybe does give a little bit of continuity to his uh, to his ring attire. I'm not going to speak up or down on it. It's uh, just going to be what it is. We have no control over how he wants to do it, but he does have. A lot of stories with his tattoos. Maybe that could be a nice little wild card. Who goes and knocks on the door of Alice the Black? Could it be Baron Corbin? Could it be Randy Orton? We've been hearing Randy. I was actually looking forward to seeing that this week. I was hoping we would get to see Randy knock on the door. And maybe they, maybe the all-out brawl starts there. And then a bunch of officials come running in. But I don't know. That might take away from some of the mystique of that, that, uh, that room that Alistair Black is in where he only has the doorman but uh, and the cameraman but whatever right um well you know what let's let's give Alistair Black a little more mystique he only has the concierge at the door at his uh beck and call but as far as the camera goes you know they shoot selfie promos every so often you know what else Alice the Black is spooky enough for me to believe that the camera is floating on its own. And it's just that steady. It's him doing it with his mind. One of his tattoos can tell you the story. But um, like I said, that was SmackDown Live. Fun show, good backstage segments, uh, good women's segments. The Iconics were there. You know, the Kabuki Warriors are going to take them on in Tokyo. What is that, next week, two weeks from now? Oh, my goodness, is this going to be televised? If the Kabuki Warriors are able to win, then there will be a future Women's Tag Team Championship opportunity for them. And I'm thinking near future so we can get these women on television and get them to showcase themselves. Hopefully, there's a remix, uh, a better remix to their song together. I enjoy uh, Oscar's song, and I believe if meshed with Kyrie's song correctly, they might be able to, you know, just have a nice little entrance if they are to remain uh, our uh, Oriental women's tag team. But it was all right. Uh, 205 Live came up next, 
And yes, sir, SmackDown Live to 205. Excellent transition. Excellent way to definitely close out the live event. Don't know what the dark match was, but I do know that, uh, was it Gentleman Jack? And, um, yeah, Gentleman Jack is backstage. I remember that. I can't tell you in the order, but he knows, well, he thinks that Chad Gable knows that these guys have a bit of unfinished business. So the challenges in so many tents has been laid out. How will Gable respond? I'm pretty sure he'll, be, he'll love to get back in there with the gentleman. I, it was a good match. Those two clearly had more that they could get off. So let's, uh, let's see how that uh, plays out. So we open up the show, Lucha House Party, uh, taking on the Bollywood Boys, the Bosker winners, Samir and Sunil, the Singh brothers. I'm always happy to see these guys all the way from breaking ground to running around with the modern day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Wait, pause, 205 Live, general manager, Drake Maverick, dressed as Carmella. If you watch Dragon Ball Z, when Goku first, uh, first, first, first went Ultra Instinct. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Goku went Ultra Instinct in the Tournament of Power against uh, Jiren. But when he popped back up after uh, losing, Goku, is this all you got? Are you done? And he pops back up. He looked a little zombied out. That is what Drake Maverick looked like dressed in drag as Carmella, who is now, I guess, your new 24-7 champion. Now, out of, out of storyline, unless we're having Carmella actually transition the 24-7 title to the women's division for a little while, there is no way, <laughs> at least that's the way it looked, there's no way they're going to have her turn on truth. So, the best way that backstage creative at Gorilla were able to spin what the WWE Universe was clamoring for in a Carmella heel turn on our truth for the 24-7 championship would be Drake Maverick, the, the one that has went the hardest, the very hardest, next to Jinder Mahal, to actually win the 24-7 championship. You know, he's dressed as Carmella, it was funny stuff. It was, uh, you know, you could see that it wasn't too far removed from his character. Uh, it's a part of me that sees a very, very uh, petty uh, old man trolling. <laughs> you know, like, man, we take Drake Maverick seriously. When he came into 05 Live, he told us things would be different and things changed. And... It's been it's been a great show since so to have this comical element added I I received it well I I know I know the WWE universe loved it it really I got a kick out of it it was you know just good stuff all in all so uh, yeah a very fun moment but uh, yeah Drake Maverick is your new twenty four seven champion. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha House Party takes on Samir and Sunil. And um, Lucha House Party takes on Samir and Sunil. And it's uh, 
a good it's good stuff very very uh fun matchup you could see the very serious nature that these two have and they that they you know uh just uh, end up showcasing pardon me but um yeah it was uh it was fun to see you know the four of them go at it uh Lince Dorado had his had the mask on with his hair out. I think that's a good look. As opposed to just wearing like the conquistador helmet. You know, it was uh it was a good look for him. Did they pick up the victory? Um No, I believe the Bollywood boys picked up the victory there. It was uh it was it was getting pretty late. But like I said, it was definitely a fun match to watch. I enjoyed uh all of what they were able to bring to us in that match. I'm a little upset that I can't remember the closeout to that, though. Oh, man. I believe the Bollywood boys did pick up that victory. Kalisto couldn't interfere. Yeah, the pinata got ripped. And uh, it was just a wild distraction, which led to uh, the Singh brothers picking up that victory over uh, the Lucha House Party for now. So we'll see how that story continues to develop. And we get into the main event of the... Oh, no, 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 no. The Brian Kendrick took on uh, local competition B from, I believe, the Raw matchup. And uh, picked up the victory. Good stuff. In-ring general. Matt general. In-ring technician Brian Kendrick. He picks up the win with sliced bread number two. We knew he was going to win there. And, uh, you know, shouts to uh, Un Locale for, uh, you know, trying to put on a good show and making Brian Kendrick look great because we ain't forget about him. Mike Kanellis, Maria Kanellis backstage. Um, very good. Very good. I'm glad to see him back. Yeah, they're going to take on Gentleman Jack next week. That was what that was with that, uh, promo, well, that promo segment. And uh, there's one more thing. That also happened that was uh, very, very fun and a good addition to the show. It slips my mind for now. But Mike and Maria Canellis were back on uh, WWE TV. And, man, it, maybe it's me, but Mike Canellis looked like he was in the gym. He looking good. Looking looking like he's a little stronger now. Oh, that's what it was. Pardon me. Main, not the main event, Cruiserweight Championship this Sunday, Stomping Grounds, on the line, Akira Tozawa, Drew Gulak, and Tony Nese will be going at it in a triple threat match, again, for the Cruiserweight Championship, it's gonna be a good one, folks, it's gonna be a very, very hard hitter, and speaking of hard hits, Ari Davari, one of the strongest strikers, one of the best super kicks on 205 Live, I would even maybe argue the entire roster, uh, took on the hands-down hardest hitter on 205 Live in Oni Lurkin. Bang-up match, awesome stuff, had a story that they've been developing for some weeks now. Chair shots, fatal five-way interferences, uh, six stitches, good stuff. Um, Ultimately, I believe uh, Davari disqualified himself Chair shot the Lorkin. Uh, good heel tactic. Uh, these guys are uh, definitely slotting themselves for a main event matchup. 
that we're all going to be very interested in, or maybe even a pay-per-view matchup. I don't know. could be a, a swerve, not a swerve championship victory, but we could be seeing some new champions down the line. New stars are definitely being built, though that goes without saying. So, um, yes, very good match between those two. I definitely enjoyed watching it. Um, uh, Davari got the beat down after the fact on Lurkin. So, uh, man, it's, uh, we know Oni's gonna, um, excuse me, Oni's gonna definitely come back with some true, well, looking for some true retribution against, uh, Davari after that brutal beat down on 205 Live. But that was our show, and that is our week in WWE TV. Shouts to NXT and the rest. I'm just uh, so much aggression, so many awesome characters. I can't wait until next week. Uh, so, shouts to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. This is Blake. I will catch you guys next time. Well, stopping grounds, the, the recap and review uh, should be happening sometime uh, Monday or maybe even shortly after the show. It remains to be seen, but we will indeed see you then. Peace.